this is what you do now. You support people. This is you make this your your job, and, and I genuinely do feel like it's my purpose. Welcome to the Power Hour, the weekly podcast that will motivate you to pursue your passion and to achieve success. I'm Adrienne Herbert, international speaker, fitness coach, Adidas global ambassador, and entrepreneur. Each week, I'll be talking to today's leading coaches, creatives, change makers, and innovators to find out their daily habits, morning routines, and rules to live by. The Power Hour is all about taking just one hour each day to help you improve your life and unlock your full potential. Whether you want to build a business, write a book, run a marathon, or maybe you're just looking for a spark of inspiration, the Power Hour is going to help you get there faster. Hello and welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. Today I am joined by an incredible woman, an award-winning founder who in August 2016, at the age of 31, was diagnosed with breast cancer. In search of reassurance and a community of women that were facing the same things, she could only see cancer being portrayed as a disease for the over 50s. So she decided to start her own blog and Instagram under the hashtag Girl Versus Cancer with the aim of sharing her journey in an accessible way in an attempt to tackle the cancer taboo and to create a better understanding of the challenges faced by those diagnosed with cancer in their 20s and 30s. Within 12 months, Girl vs. Cancer grew from a blog to an established community supporting all those affected by cancer. Her work is changing the way people perceive cancer and is opening a dialogue on this sensitive subject. Today, she is the host of You, Me and the Big C podcast. And earlier this year, she won the Inspirational Founder of the Year Award at Stylist Magazine Retail of the Year Awards. Welcome to the studio, Lauren Mann. Yay! Yes! Thank Thanks you for so, having me. Thank you for coming in. I've been um, really, really looking forward to talking to you today. Me too. And Lauren, you're a busy lady. I am non-stop. It's ridiculous, actually. Like, sometimes I sit there and when I get a second to sit, and I'm like, what am I doing? But I, I feel like I'm very much riding the crest of a wave at the yeah. minute. And I, like, the stuff I'm doing, I really, really enjoy. So as long as I find myself a little bit of pockets of space in between, even if it's just for 10 minutes to breathe and yeah. shower and eat food, I'm fine. Amazing. <laughs> well, thanks for giving us an hour today. Oh, um, so many things that I want to talk to you about. But firstly... Are you able to, I guess, take us back to the start mm. of Girl versus Cancer? You know, the work you've done is incredible, mm. but did you ever think when you started it that it would grow to the scale that it is today? Never in my wildest dreams. Never in my wildest dreams. I always, the way I explain Girl versus Cancer is it was an, I knew there was a need, and because it, it was, there was a need for me, I had, that I had, it, it wasn't there. Like what I needed wasn't available. And then I thought in my head, I'm going to do this whole thing. I just thought, do you know what? I'm going to be the person that I need right now. And I'm going to talk about my cancer in my way. I'm going to use Instagram. I'm going to create beautiful imagery, still tell the story of what I'm going through, but in a way that's like Instagrammy, that makes sense. Okay. With like red nails and a red lip. Yeah, red nail, red lip, but like just really nice curated images. But then on my stories, it would be like, this is me in bed with no eyebrows watching Gossip Girl because... I just try to distract from my bone aches kind of vibe. Mm. And it was basically the biggest distraction technique and form of CBT of my life. Like every time I'd feel anxious or worried, I just threw myself headfirst into girl versus cancer, whether that'd be planning content, taking photos, writing blog posts, and, and like planning like the teas, which I know we'll come to. It, for me, it was a coping mechanism 
but I never the the idea it was no strategy mm. yeah because I guess for some people when they are well I can't only imagine what they're facing in cancer mm. treatment they're not thinking let me start a business no oh, in, in my own head all I was like no one will ever like me will ever get diagnosed and feel like they don't know where to go again like that's mm-hmm. what I want I was like no one will ever be scared like I was again because I'm going to tell them in my own words, in my language, which I think people find quite palatable, because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like chatting about EastEnders, um, <laughs> what what this feels like and looks like from my experience. And then I soon realised that you know there's a lot of other women who were doing the same stuff, and I found them, and they found me, and we created like this big community, which I'm really proud of. Mm. Um, and yeah, it wasn't ever the plan long term. It was just something to make me cope, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine, as you said, that, that people would find that so refreshing and so, yeah, relatable because I guess, you know, there's so much power and in people's testimonials and so mm. in people's real stories. Mm. And I guess, you know, as much as we need advice and guidance and things yeah. like, you know, stats, yeah. that's not real. That's, that's not, not the experience. Yeah. And it's the same as like, you know, for me, like I've been through cancer. My family, my friends can be there for me. Um, even like my mum with her cancer diagnosis, she was much younger than me, but she didn't have chemo, so she couldn't didn't know what that felt like. So there's certain things that people can be there for you, but they don't really get it. And that's fine. I don't want anyone I love to get what it's like to be in cancer treatment, trust me. Mm. So it's really lovely to have that instant bond. It's the same as me going up to a mother and going, oh my God, childbirth. It's like, I don't know. I've never produced a child from my vagina. I don't know. <laughs> so I, it's, it's best that you know that's why the community is so important because you can have conversations with people who get exactly where you're coming from and and can almost you know if you're worried or you're scared they can come at you with with information and advice that is really on point mm. rather than someone going oh my friend told me yeah and you know i think what I mean? yeah and i think that's really something as well for people to yeah be aware of because i think you know where people say oh it's a, a taboo you don't talk to people i think actually often people want to feel like because mm. they want to be there for you and because they want to i guess feel empathy mm. they will say oh you know it's just like when this for me yeah. or it's just like when that for my oh, brother yeah. and actually it's not it's nothing yeah. like it as you yeah. said if you haven't experienced something you can still be there for someone without having to go mm. oh, oh me too well, you, yeah, or you can just ask a question. Like, you can be empathetic by going, oh, mate, like, I, re- I really feel for you there. Like, can I ask this or that? And better understand or go away and research what's going on so that you can understand for your friend's point of view. You don't have to ask them all the questions all the time, but be like, okay, so I know they're on this drug. I know this is a side effect. Maybe I could, you know, if they're losing their sense of taste, maybe I can bring them. I've heard, like, ginger's really good for this stuff. Maybe I'll bring them some ginger biscuits. It's all those little nuances of being there that mm. you don't, you know, you don't have to be like, I get, I get it. Yeah, okay. Mm. And so having a breast cancer diagnosis is a huge challenge to face, especially mm. as you were so young. I read on your blog that you almost didn't believe the diagnosis mm. and that you said, is this an effing joke? <laughs> so, so in that moment, how, well, how did your life change? And what was your life like up to that point? You know, were you working? Were you studying? Yeah, I, my life at that point, I feel like I was very much owning my space like I I was was 31 so I was in my early 30s I just moved out of my parents house I'm literally talking like two months so I just got this bit of independence I was my first managerial role um I'd been in it like a year and a half um for a high street handbag brand um and I was really like I felt like I was kind of getting coming in my power with all that kind of stuff um I was probably partying a bit too much um dating the wrong boys as the usual probably for lots of women my age actually um and yeah, I was in, as far as I was aware, I was in really good health. I, I span, I ran, I was at the gym. I didn't eat badly, you know, I eat well. Um, and yeah, so when it happened, 
it was such a shock to the system, especially because we don't have any breast cancer in my family, but also I don't have big breasts. Mm. So I have very small breasts, which I'm, I'm down with. I've had them my whole life, but I never really had a relationship with them because they weren't so exactly. I mean, the, I'm uh, in your club. Uh, yeah. I'm in the club. <laughs> We're in the club. So you don't really have this, doesn't make me a woman. I'm not, I don't feel like it's my femininity because I've, my other things make me a woman. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not defined by them. So I never really thought too much about them. So when they turned on me, I was a bit like, Hang on. Hang on a minute. The girl with no tits got breast cancer. <laughs> but that's what kind of made me go, well, if I am if I can get cancer, then anyone I know and love can get cancer. And none of us are checking our breasts. I so 100% did you check? Did you find a lump? I found it in the throes of ecstasy whilst okay. having a lovely time with myself. Okay. And I grabbed my boob and I was like, oh, oh. Which obviously put a dampener on things. And I was like, there's, there's, a, there's a lump. Hmm. And it's quite big. And I thought it was, I thought it was a cyst okay. because why would it be anything else? Mm-hmm. And I'm someone who's, who's had cysts and stuff okay. my whole life. So like I've had um, endometrioic cysts in my ovaries. I've had Bartholin cysts in my vagina growing up as a teenager. So I thought in my breast, it's, another... it's just another cyst. Yeah. So I didn't go right away and get it checked. You didn't? No, I thought no. I waited for my like hormonal cycle to complete. Okay. But you, so it wasn't, um, when you say you didn't go and get it checked, not because you were, you know, fearful of going, but you just thought, oh, it's nothing. You, I thought it's nothing. Yeah. I thought okay. absolutely, I was like, that's nothing. And I also thought it's probably something to do with my periods. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because I think that sometimes people don't go because they're afraid or they go, oh, actually, hopefully that'll just go away. If I just yeah. pretend I didn't see it and just yeah. get dressed, forget about mm. it. I think I sometimes am quite a buried, my head in the sand mm. kind of person. And so I think for some people, it might just be that, that, you know, like just get dressed and forget about it and hopefully it'll go. It wasn't that. No, it wasn't that. And I do think with things like that, that's understandable. I, I always think to myself now, if I do find something that feels quite off, because my, I'm very, I'm hypersensitive to my body now. And I always do feel like when there's something that I feel oh, that doesn't feel quite right. I always give it two to three weeks. And if the pain is persistent, okay. something like that, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to mention this to my doctor. Because nine times out of 10... It could go away. It could go away. Yeah. And but it's just monitoring your body. But for me, after two months, it was still there. Two I, months? You waited that long? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I did. Okay. I waited two months. I was busy. I was a busy girl. I was at Glastonbury. I was doing this. <laughs> I was like living my best life. I'm like, and it was only when I felt it again, I was like, oh. And again, but I wasn't worried about it. I you was didn't just, have pain, it was just... It was pain. Oh, it was there pain. Was, yeah, it was like little sharp shooting pains. That's why I thought it was a cyst. Okay. So yeah, because people went to me, cancer doesn't hurt. I can tell you now, it does. Okay. Yeah. It did hurt. So it then you hurt. went and you did get the diagnosis. Yeah. And then as I said, I can only, well, I can't imagine, but in that moment, your yeah. whole life changed. Yeah, in an instant, in a flash. Like, that moment, I will never forget in my like well obviously <laughs> but it's just that feeling of the world falling from beneath you it is literally like that roller coaster you know when you go on those things that shoot you up in the air and then you drop that's what it feels like and it is that instant shock where you can i could hear my mum say stuff to the doctor and da-da-da, and i just weren't there mm. i was just in my head like what but in my head i was also like oh my god this is it this is it because i've had health anxiety my whole life pretty okay. much so you were afraid so i was like I knew this was going to happen. I'm going to die. This is what's going to kill me. Oh my gosh! It was ter- it was very scary. But yeah. I, then I said to her, I was like, I don't want to die. And she went, You're not going to. And I went, Eh? Right. She went, Look, we f- we really do believe that we can cure this. We can get rid of this. This is a treatable thing. We've caught it in time. We believe we've got to do more scans. But you know, if the treatment, if you react well to the treatment, we know we can get rid of this. And all of a sudden, that changed my mindset. I was in mm-hmm. shock. But all of a sudden, she was like, It's just going to be an inconvenience. So there's me. I rolled up to the pub afterwards because mum went, what do you want to do? I was with my brother and my mum. And I went, I just want to go to the pub because we're right near my house. Um, I went to the pub. Every, all my close friends came and joined me. 
bottle after bottle of Prosecco. And we're all sitting there and I was sitting there going, oh, well, I'll be fine. This is the making, not the breaking of me. I'll make sure I, I make sure no other girl, like I make sure everyone's checking their boobs and this is going to be an inconvenience, but I can do it. And I think I was just in a bit of shock. Mm. Um, but that's just typical me. I'm a little bit like, yeah, whatever, I'll be fine. Mm. Um, but yeah, it took a while. It took a couple of weeks. I always say now when people, when people get diagnosed and people say like, what can they do for them? The first two weeks after diagnosis is very much like a bereavement period. Like, I really did feel like, you know, when you lose someone that you love, um, something bad happens. It, it's like that thing where you wake up every day and you forget for a minute. Yeah. And then it hits you. In, and because you're going... Well, from my experience, and it depends on what stage your cancer's found, I guess, um, and how quickly they get you in, they wanted me to do fertility treatment and I was being referred to a different hospital. So almost like for two weeks, I felt... I got up every day, looked like me, felt like me. Nothing had really changed, but everything had. Mm-hmm. And it took a good two weeks for me to actually come to terms with the diagnosis. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I think, you know, it's interesting, as you said, all the different kind of, I guess, the different emotions of being mm. like, oh my gosh, I'm terrified. I don't want to die. To them being like in a pub, drinking Prosecco, mm. being like, it's going to be cool. And like you said, it's almost all the different stages, emotions, yeah. everything at once. But I think also it's really powerful, I guess, the yeah. way she normalized that and said mm. to you, you can have this treatment. This is what we're going to do. It's almost like, a action plan there's points of action mm. there's next steps and i yeah. think for some people that's what maybe all they need to know is that actually this isn't this isn't the death sentence this isn't the yeah. end this is there's next steps this is ta- part of the tapestry of my life basically now yeah and and the thing is what as well what hit me home for me is when she said to me do you want children so within 10 minutes to telling me i had cancer and talked me through what was about to happen like because i needed to have more scans and stuff which i didn't realize i thought they, they knew from everything but they don't there's so much more to it um she was like do you want children i was like i don't know like I'm, I've been single seven years at that point yeah. and I wasn't dating, barely got a text back from anyone. So I was like, do I want kids? I don't know. And my instant reaction was no, because I, I didn't, I've never been someone who's always been really like, I want to be a mum, but I just wanted to start treatment. And my mum was like, the next day, she's like, Lauren, you really need to think about it. And I think it'd be a mistake if you didn't, because the fact they're telling you that you, they want you to freeze your eggs if you want kids means that they think you have a future. And she went, all I'm worried about is that you feel this way now, but future Lauren in six years might want those children. Mm-hmm. And you just want to give yourself the chance. And she went, and if you don't, you can donate them to someone who does want kids. And I was like, Tina, Tina Mine, you're very wise. So I'm glad I did it. But I think those kind of things as well, putting things in place for a future made me go in my head, okay, if this treatment works, I hopefully will have one. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does shift the mindset a little bit. Yeah, and I think I honestly believe, truly mm. believe that mindset is so important yeah. to everything, but especially in, in, in moments like that, mm. because I think, you know, you only have to look at elderly people when mm. they lose their partner, that, you know, yeah. their husband or wife, they've been married for 60 years, yeah. one of them dies, and then within another within a year, the other yeah, one dies. It's like decline. Yeah, the mindset of thinking, I don't have anything to live for, and I don't mm. I don't, I don't, don't want to live. And I think essentially, mm. as you said, having that thing of, of looking forward and going, do you want to have children in the future? Because mm. after this is all over, after after the whole yeah. cancer thing's done, then what? Then your life's going to carry on. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah, it's really powerful. And so you also, so you started the blog. The blog took off, started the community, and then you designed a range of t-shirts. So tell yes. us about your tit tees. My tit tees, and um, that honestly, that happened kind of in line. So I, the day after I got diagnosed, I sat on the sofa with my best friend Sage Al and my mum, and I had a bit of a cry. I was on a bit of a wobble. And then I decided I would go over to see my one of my other best friends and my goddaughter because she always cheered me up. And I, as we were walking through the park, me and Sage were talking and I was like, Sage, no one is checking their boobs. I went, none of us. None of us are doing it. Yeah. And she was like, I know. I went, I want to I make sure people are checking their boobs. I said, I'm going to make T-shirts or something. I said, I'm going to put literally all the nicknames that I call boobs 
like proper London slang on t-shirts. And I was like, and just raise some money for charity and just try and raise awareness that breast cancer happens in young women. Mm. Cause I just really didn't know that. I really didn't. I knew like, I knew of Chris Helenga from Copperfield, but I really did th think she was an anomaly. I didn't realize how much it is a thing. Mm. Um, and that is literally the idea. And I started the titties with 500 quid, um, bought them all for a pound a, a unit. Um, uh, and sold 500 t-shirts and I started selling them I think it was the December so I began chemo in the October I started selling them in December and they've sold out within like four weeks amazing and it's grown obviously since then and yeah. now it's stocked in they're stocked in Miss Selfridges yeah and how many different designs do you have now oh my god I think we're on 16 wow 16 different um like products on on the site it's it's really great and I kind of do two um, collections a year so I do breast cancer awareness month and then I do well cancer day um, and they're just really fun and people really seem to love them and what I love most is that lots of people in the cancer community buy them to wear mm. in treatment or they buy them they have, like I'm wearing my fierce, fierce as fuck t-shirt today because I've got my MRI this afternoon and I need it yeah. so I'm like I need to feel empowered and, and that's the thing I you can wear them to represent yourself or someone that you love. I've got t-shirts that have love hearts on them mm -hmm. and you can either have them on both boobs, you can have them on one or the other and they for me are to represent if you've had both your breasts removed one or the other um, or whatever breast was affected. And it's just, yeah, it's just a little nod to them but also serves as a reminder so when people go oh my god your t-shirt because they're different yeah people go oh it's girl versus cancer she's a breast cancer and it, they start the conversation about checking their breasts yes that is all i want is for people to check their breasts so yeah i was gonna say well that's obviously the, the key thing isn't it it's, yeah. yes it's great to have the t-shirts and it's great that people are buying them and all the rest of it but i guess as you said i'm sure it must be rewarding for people to tell you oh yeah actually you know mm. and you hear that conversation of people going yeah it's to remind you to yeah. check your breasts to be aware to you know it's more than just I guess a slogan mm. that goes yeah, and then supporting yeah the community noticing maybe you might see someone else in that t-shirt and go wow like maybe she's going through what I am yeah. or you know it's like a, a, a what's the word it's I'm a solo for? solidarity like it's like yeah. being in a club I honestly like, it, it means so much to me I had a girl I've had two girls actually so I was in New York earlier this week winning a Webby award whoop, whoop, which I'm super proud of and you're allowed um, a five word speech and a five word speech yeah so oh it's, my it's gosh. their thing that they do and it's How? only I know but it's really good because it does make things impactful and you get people going up like going being kind doesn't cost anything and stuff and you're like okay clap 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 and I was like first of all my initial reaction was to say cancer made me do it but then I was like I want a call to action like this is an international stage I want what would I want for people to do and in my head I was like to check their boobs mm. So I got up there and I said, now go check your effing boobs. Yes. And I've had three messages from women who've had lumps in their breasts, but they've they've been putting off going to the doctor who've gone. And I actually met a girl at an event, um, not yesterday, the day before, who had had a, a funny thing in her stomach that she wasn't, hadn't been, hadn't checked for three, hadn't got checked for three months. And she saw that and she went to the doctor and has been referred for a scan. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. So yeah, so I'm hoping that t-shirts are doing the same thing. Yeah. That people are seeing it. And in, cause it's their boobs, if there's something, they're like, oh, actually, yeah, that's reminded me. I've got this to check. Yeah. Wow. And congratulations on the award. Thank you. So the community that you have created online is incredible and you're doing such amazing work. And I think it's such a great example of how social media, when it's, you know, used in a positive way, it can be so powerful. And I can only imagine how amazing it is to hear mm. those kinds of, of stories from people and those testimonials of people that you are helping. Mm. But at the same time, Lauren, you are also experiencing your own journey yeah. in parallel to that. So that must be, you know how do you manage that do you know what it's a day-by-day -day thing I'd, i would be a liar if i said oh it's fine um 
you know, I we spoke off off mic earlier, and it, and I had this thought in my head where I can't remember what had happened or what I'd seen or spoken about, but I was in the car on the way home, and in my head I was like, oh, when is this going to end? And I was like, mate, this is what you do now. This is this is what you do. You support people. This is you made this your your job, and and I genuinely do feel like it's my purpose. I'm doing it, and it's helping people, so I'm not going to stop. But I have to learn to manage a way where I can step out of cancer sometimes because as much as I've had cancer, touch wood, like I've got a scan this afternoon. If that's clear, that's another year where I'll be like, okay, monitoring my health, but feeling a bit more relaxed about not having cancer. And it's it's allowing myself to to have, I have, I'm very fortunate. I've got a lot of people in my life that live with cancer every day. And I have the luxury of not not, living with cancer every day so i want to make sure i make the most of that and actually have days where i'm not in cancer yeah but it's very hard because of the nature of my work so that's what i do it's what i talk about all the time um and with girl vs cancer and on social media channels i'm talking to people about their experiences day in day out so it's it's hard mm. but i'm learning how to kind of detach like I, i'm quite open with my community and i'm like look where i'm at at the moment i want to reply to every message i do have a duty of care i i do want to reply to every comment but i at the moment i can't i just can't for my own mental health be in it all the time so yeah. i will get back to as many people as i can but behind the scenes i am working on a business plan i am going to get a team which means that i can hand over some stuff which will give me more space and allow me to kind of process things because mm -hmm. I'm at a place now where I feel like I really need to start taking the stitches out of the wound yeah. a little bit and I need to heal. And the only way I'm going to do that is to unpick my experience, but I kind of don't want to do that alongside supporting everyone else because it's going to, I don't know, it's going to mar it somehow. Yeah. So I just, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a process um, and it's something I'm trying to be kind to myself about because there's, there's a right or wrong way as long as I'm open mm -hmm. and let people know what's going on. I yeah and you fine. don't of course it's fine because yeah. you don't owe you know you don't owe anyone an explanation or you're not obliged to as you said you have you know you've chosen to create this community and i guess become a spokeswoman for breast mm -hmm. cancer which is brilliant but also you know as you said for your own mental health mm -hmm. i just feel like you know as we talked about with health anxiety like taking on board other people's you know if they're mm -hmm. right in the moment or maybe they've just been diagnosed maybe mm -hmm. there's a different place in their journey i think yeah, I, I don't know really how you would manage doing both without just feeling like your whole life is around cancer and, yeah. and just everything's cancer. You know, sometimes you probably want a day off from cancer, exactly. right? Exactly. But I feel, also feel like girl vs cancer, I've, the ideas I have and the things I want it to be, I'm not there yet. So I'm like, I'm not going to stop until I can sit back and look at that space and go, that is a functioning support for so many people. Like there's bits on there that people take and I think it's doing a good job and any people who listening who know me will be like, what are you talking about? You're doing great. Um, but I know where, what my plans are. Yeah. And I think when they come to fruition, I will then be like, <sighs> yes. Well, you say that, but if you're anything like me, Lauren, I feel like you are gonna, <laughs> no. you're honestly, because I know it in you, I you're know. ambitious and you're gonna reach that and you're gonna go, I've done this and you're gonna yeah. raise that bar higher and you're gonna do more and more. And that's I a know. brilliant thing. Yeah. You know, it's good to, to reflect and take a break, but I think there ain't no signs of stopping you. I know, I know. So, I, I'm kidding myself, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about your latest challenge. You are running the Vitality 10K race in I London am. this summer. And am I right in thinking you will be running that race in your underwear? In my undercrackers. Yes. yes. What, what, how's the training going? Um, well, so I, I before I got ill, I ran the Vitality 10K okay. and I ran it sub one hour. Yes. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I really, really did. 
I've been trying exercise since I've been in recovery. It's been push bit bit, bit push pull. So I'll get really into it. I'll be doing loads of it, and then I'll get an injury or something. So my I'm in men- medical menopause, and my my bone density I'm sure has pretty been impacted by the chemo. I've broken two toes in six months. Last week my my knee sublocks, which is when your kneecap kind of like disconnects a little bit, but not a complete dislocation. Mm-hmm. Um, Was it painful? From, yeah, it's I got. Do you know how I did it? I got off the sofa to make a cup of tea. <laughs> not, no, not running, not no, training. Nothing. And both times I broke my toes, I kicked the sofa, Ouch. and the other one was I kicked, I kicked a step. Right. So, and that was like just being in my house. Mm. So, it's not from doing, but obviously that impacts my exercise because then I have to rest it, yeah. and then I get frustrated. So, part of me is like, is running really going to be my sport? Because I feel like the universe has been <laughs> like, woman. Stop <laughs> running. Um, but also, I'm aware of the fact that my because of the menopause and stuff my body is different and you know things will pop and click out of place a lot easier because it's not as lubricated as it used to be um so the training's been good i've been doing trying to get out two or three times a week and i've managed to run 4k non-stop yep. which old i've had to silence old lauren going you used to run 5k three times a week like of a morning and then in my head i'm like but she didn't have cancer yeah and i'm building back up so i can run 4k my aim on the day is to run to five mm-hmm. and then run walk the rest of what yeah. i can what i can do so that is my plan amazing i would love in my head to be like i'm gonna run 10k and maybe next year i will yeah but this year i'm being realistic and i'm like do you know what i'm gonna i, I think i can run 5k mm-hmm I think further than that, I'm not going to put pressure on. If I continue to run for seven, yeah, amazing. For you, yeah. But the likelihood of me running the full 10 is, is like very small. But it's going to be amazing. So that I think we're in about 800 women have signed up now to join mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to be with loads of people that I admire and support. Um, and, and like my Deb from the podcast. So I think it's going to be more of a personal health challenge. I think it's going to be a solidarity thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited about Amazing. it. Amazing. A few things I'm thinking there. One is that, yeah, people on that day are going to be cheering, going to be mm. supporting, going to be encouraging the running community. Those people are my people, you know? Mm. So you're not going to get to 5K and think, oh, you, you know, you, it's, the distance is the same. Yeah. You're going to get to that finish line. You're going to get the medal. You're going to, you know, it's amazing yeah. that you're out there, that you're mm. lacing up and that you're putting one foot in front of the other. So good luck with that. Thanks, babes. But when you, I guess when they initially asked you, why did you want to say yes? Why did you want to be a part of the, because it's a whole campaign with, mm. uh, Group of you, as you said, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what made me want to say is, I think I quite am up for a challenge, and I now realize that if things scare me, then it's good because it makes me evolve and it makes me grow. And I, as someone who you know, body image is such a massive thing that we talk about now, which I'm really glad because it's about time. Is that why you're running it in your underwear, all of you? Yeah, it's to, I think it's to show that anyone can do sport. Yeah. And sport's for everybody. And the things I do appreciate the fact that I am quite a slight person, I am petite, but I'm also someone whose body's been ravaged by a lot of drugs. And I'm also someone who never, who's probably n- was not kind about her body to herself before I got cancer. And now it's a work in progress. I'm nice to myself. Just because I'm petite doesn't mean I don't have my own body issues. And actually, I feel empowered standing next to all these different women, all different shapes and sizes, because nothing then actually matters on my body. And I, as someone, again, who used to run and, and like spin and like be really, really strong in like and in their body, like physically strong, to stand with all these women of all different shapes and sizes, all different um, athletic um, capabilities, I feel empowered. And I'm like, well, 
I don't care. Like, it's it's making me stop looking at my body with judgment. It's making me stop looking at my body through the male gaze. This is just what I look like. It shouldn't matter if I'm wearing my underwear because it's just underwear and yeah. it's just a body. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's a really... It's a really powerful message. Yeah. I just hope it doesn't rain. <laughs> yeah, me too. Gosh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm looking. Well, it's the summer, right? But I mean, yeah. Great British summer. Anything could happen. Yeah. And as you said, then you are always up for a challenge. Mm. So, have you always been that kind of person that was, yeah, up for a challenge? You were say yes kind of person, or do you think that that is a result of what you have faced in the last few years? I think I definitely say yes more, but I definitely say no more now than I did before. Okay. Before I'd say yes to a lot of things that I would. But it wouldn't be, like, so the reason why I signed up to the 10K last time was at work and they were doing it and I'd never run a distance like that. I hadn't really run for a long time, just on the treadmill. And I was like, I want to challenge myself to do it. So I signed up and it almost gave me, well, you've got to do it now because you've signed up to this. But I would say yes to a lot of, I think, I think I would like to do that one day, maybe wouldn't. Okay. I'd be like, I'll do it next year mm-hmm. or something. Um, and I'd say yes to people. Like, you know, if someone invited me to something, I didn't really want to go, but I'd say yes, I didn't want to let people down. Now it's kind of flipped and it's those bigger things and those things that I've always wanted to do that I say yes to and make plans for because I know tomorrow is no longer promised. And it's actually the things that I know I don't really want to do. I don't say yes to everything anymore. Mm. I'm like, do you know what? I would love to say I'll be there, but can I just tell you nearer the time because I'm just not feeling it. Uh, Or I don't know where I'm going to be. And actually I'm going to be in Manchester that morning. So I don't have time. I mean, I'm still learning because hence my busy schedule. I do say yes to a lot of things, but they're things that I really want to do. So I think it's, it's quite weird. Yeah, so I th- you're learning the, the power of saying yes to the things. But as you said, saying no is so yeah. powerful. Because I always say when you say no to one thing, mm. you then say yes to something else. Yeah. So you say, no, I don't want to go to that thing. Kind of out of obligation. We all do mm. that. I, I still do that, yeah, even terrible, though I've talked it? about it. Yeah, I say, yeah, okay, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I want to. And you try, you run yourself ra- mm. crazy trying to get there and be there and do everything. And it is, as you said, maybe out of a, a feeling of obligation. Mm. When actually, if you said no to that, then in that moment, you're mm. choosing yourself. Yeah, you know? exactly. And that's and that's a really powerful thing. So I do feel like in terms of, you know, like the Webby Awards is a prime example. I know it's like a physical challenge, but in my head, I was like, if I win this award, I am getting myself to New York and I'm going to receive it because this is a massive moment. Whereas I feel like Lauren Pre-Cancer would have been like, that would be nice to go, but, you know, it would cost me this money and then like, I've got to take time off work. and I would find reasons not to. Whereas now I'm like, girl, life is short and you're never going to regret going to that reward ceremony, but you will always think back and go, oh, maybe I should yes so it's that i always think will i regret not doing that and if the answer is yes and i'll do it yeah and do you have any other things so i've seen you from traveling actually quite a bit yeah. so some of those things but do you have any other things that you're i guess yeah planning to do and ticking off and saying yes to i this so i really want to plan another i want i want to travel when as soon as the opportunity presents itself again so there's like i've never been to barcelona i want to go off and do that i went to the marathon this year with deb and and we record the podcast and in my head I'm like I would love in my head to think I would do it next year but I'm not putting that pressure on what I'm trying to do is I would like to keep running yeah. and see where I'm physically at in December and if I'm there in December then I know we'll get a media spot so that's something in the back of my head which is a massive challenge wow. um, but it's a really weird thing since cancer I don't really plan too far ahead I'm really, when I say I'm going with the flow, I'm literally going with the flow of what's happening here. Things are changing so quickly and opportunities are coming in such weird ways that I would never have imagined that I'm 
I'm taking little bits. So I've I've just been um, booked for Radio Five Live, actual radio as a guest presenter. Amazing! I Congratulations! Know, thank you. Like so, be like two or three times a month that I'll go off and do that. And it's those little things that to me are like the exciting things I've got planned. Yeah. Um, but I would love to travel again this year. Yeah. I really would. I've, I've been to New York. I'd love to go back to LA again and actually have some time there. Mm-hmm. Um, and me and my best friend are planning India for, for January. Great. So yeah, yeah, there's like little things I've got my eye on, but I don't think too far into the future. I try and like, which is probably a bad thing. That's why I keep myself so busy doing everything now. But I, th- yeah, I like to think in six, like little four, five month pockets and go, oh, I'd like to get this much work done or do this by then mm, no yeah. i think that's fantastic and as you said tomorrow isn't promised and yeah. that's not because you, you know that you've had cancer that's mm. that's for everyone unfortunately because mm. and that's not to scare people or you know whatever i've talked about this before mm. how i live with this sense of urgency yeah. and yes i have had an experience that's led to that but yeah. also you know anyone can you can literally mm. step outside and you know i don't know whatever yeah. get hit by a bus and it sounds very cliche yeah. but it's not for anyone not just for no. people who've had a, a an illness you know no. and that's the thing it's like we're not saying oh tomorrow's not promised you could die it's it's just more like your time is so precious on this earth and you've got to make it count right well that's what i've learned i've actually got to make it count tattooed underneath my bad boob and which is now a good boob hopefully and i that that is what for me now that is the reason why i i feel i beat myself up when i don't make the most of time that i have because people are you're so busy i'm like yeah but because i want to do things i don't really want to sit at home and just lull about because I feel like I could be getting stuff done that will benefit me long term. Make those little steps, make those little, whether it be exercise, whether it be sending that email, whether it be running that bath, whether, you know, it'd be booking that bloody plane ticket because I I want to go. It's all those little things that, it's not a big decision to make. It's all the, it's the summary of all the little actions, right? Yeah. And that's what I try and do with my time now. so speaking of time let's talk about the power hour so you know I'm an early bird you know I utilise the morning and it's not just about the earliness Mm. it's more about the fact that I believe that I really truly Mm. believe that having a start to your day that is structured Mm. that is you've created that it's Mm. not you're not on everyone else's time and I said to someone recently you know if you don't reclaim your time Mm. and plan it someone else will claim that time Mm. someone else will say can you do this for me can you can you be there Mm. can you say that you're going to be you know even kids you know Mm. emails work so yeah big big fan of kind of cultivating time for yourself so I'd love to know what time do you get up in the morning Mm. and what's the first hour of your day like it varies so much yeah so like I'm really trying to give myself a little bit of a routine at the moment because I don't have one because things are so up in the air. I'm here, there and everywhere. But so depending. So if it's like a work day and I'm off doing stuff, like just say I'm off to Manchester for the podcast, I will get up at about 7.30 and I will like, I normally wake up. I, tr- I, I really, really try desperately not to look at my phone mm-hmm. when I first wake up because what I do is I end up losing half an hour in my bed scrolling but also if I see something that upsets me or pisses me off 
that's me for the day. Okay. So I'm trying to do a thing where I don't look at my phone until I've showered and got dressed. Yep. Um, so that's if, if I've got something, I've got plans. I get showered, I get dressed, and normally I have bananas in the house. I grab a banana on the go, and then when I get to like the train station or something or, or off to a meeting, I'll get breakfast there so that okay. I can actually see it. Because otherwise I'll be at home trying to eat breakfast and be watching the clock and not be able to relax. And yeah, I'd rather just grab my banana for the move and then eat when I'm out. But if it's a day that I have at home for myself, I try, I I will even book myself into a yoga class, which is at 7.15 and it's around the corner from me. So I'll be up at about quarter to seven. Great. And I get myself ready. And then I've had yoga, I'm home by 8.30 and I'm ready to start my day. Mm. Um, or I will let myself sleep. It depends if I've had, but being in menopause can give me quite bad insomnia. Or if I've had an event the night before and I've come in late, I. I let myself get my, the sleep that I need. Yeah. So some days I will, I'll set my alarm for eight, some days I'll set it for nine, some days I'm just like, I'm up at seven. Yeah. But I try and, if it's the day I've not booked a yoga class, then I will always try and go out for a run first thing because yeah. I like to exercise first thing so it's done yeah. and out the way and get then I'm moving. yeah and it's done for the day and I don't I won't get distracted by the things um it's interesting what you said about the phone because a few people yeah. have said that that you know in the morning going onto airplane mode or just not like you mm. said you've got it as soon as you open the phone it's like rolling the dice so it could yeah. be like all good stuff or it could be something that stresses you out or annoys you and as you yeah. said after that it's like why take the risk of like starting your day the first mm. thing before you've even had a thought of your own by taking on someone absorbing. else's yeah because what you do is you absorb and then like i found i found even yesterday i've been having quite a bad mental health day um last 24 hours just because i've got my scan today so my my mind's going places i don't want it to do and i feel got, got low mood and I, obviously i'm really tired i've been traveling a lot so it's probably accumulation of things but i find that when i am feeling overwhelmed or tired what i do is to distract my mind i will go to my phone but then what i'm doing is i'm stimulating it in the wrong way sure so i'm absorbing i'm absorbing and then yesterday night i sat up in my room and i'd been home since five and it was seven o'clock and i got into my pajamas but I hadn't made food yet or anything, but I had spent the best part of two hours looking at my phone mm -hmm. and I felt really low. And I realized it was because I was just absorbing information. I wasn't talking to anybody. I wasn't doing anything for myself. I was literally sat there like, you know, like just- It's, just going in. it's only a yeah. one way stream. It's not, you're it didn't not make communicating. Me feel good. Yeah. No, it really didn't make me feel good. And I was like, I need to stop this. And it's really weird because you do, I was on a, um, a panel yesterday with Monroe Bergdorf and, and she was saying like, you know, she tries to monitor her patterns when she has those kind of behaviors. And I have realized when I'm in a low place, I will literally go to my phone and just get lost in it. But actually I need to change that because it, it doesn't, it, it makes my mood worse, okay. not better. Okay. Um, and what would make me have a better mood is if, you know, go out and walk or run or see someone or clean and yeah. cleaning is a therapy it's for so me. therapeutic when it's and for me i mean i don't love cleaning mm. but i love after you know yeah. that you've finished a task yeah that's what i like i see if it's my mess and it's my thing i'll clean all day long like in my room i love nothing more when i've changed my bed in i've hoovered i've polished i've tidied everything's put away and then i sit at my desk i've got the window open i've got my tunes on and i'm ready to work yeah that makes me feel so happy i don't like cleaning when it's someone else's crap <laughs> wait till you yeah yeah wait, yeah. wait till I have kids yeah. wait till you have kids I was about to say literally the amount of times I'm like whose is this Lego whose mm. is this magazine why am I moving this again yeah. and then I'm like that's just how it is that's that's mum mumhood yeah. yeah exactly oh thank you for sharing that mm. and so um, do you have a challenge maybe about that maybe about something different for the listeners I do a power hour challenge every week mm. something that they could try something they could do just to yeah challenge themselves to try something new I would say 
what I would challenge them to do, what I do every night, is to stop me going on my phone. I put my phone to the other side of the room on charge and I have a gratitude journal and it's actually a moon phase diary. Mm -hmm. So I can track the moon. I'm like quite into that stuff and I can always sense that my mood is changing like... Obviously, I've got my scan this week, but I've been feeling quite in a funny mood and I know I didn't feel quite right. And then I realised it's a new moon tomorrow. I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So I, in that journal, every night before I go to bed, I just write three gratitudes for my day. And it could be anything. Yeah. And it just brings me back to myself and it keeps me grounded, I think. So some days it could be something as big as like, I'm grateful that I was on a, poc- I was on a panel with... Um, benefit and sunday time style this tonight and i and and then other days um i'm like oh i'm really really grateful that i woke up today and the sun was shining and i felt happy and like i had really bad bone aches the other day um i'm and i was trying not to freak out and i know it's because of my menopause and fatigue and stuff but i woke up i took painkillers in the morning when i woke up it was gone and i that was my gratitude that night i was like i'm so glad i woke up and the pain was gone this morning it's but it helps me to remember how good life is actually and when even when you are low you can be like i'm in a low mood today but things are good yeah you don't ever feel like a victim of your your life mm-hmm. and i i would challenge anyone listening it does it can just be one but i just find it before i go to bed it's a nice thing to do before yeah. i close my eyes and try and sleep yeah and it stops me sitting on my phone is the last thing that i do i completely agree and i actually you know what you just said then you write it down so yeah. committing it to paper because a lot of people have talked about gratitude mm. the importance of gratitude the gratitude list and people kind of go yep yep i know it's good it's good mm. but they don't actually take action and mm. i find that with myself when i write it down so i do uh, a similar thing with jude and we'll say it out loud but when i write it down i don't know why it's so much more powerful because yeah. you have to take the, the moment to think okay these are my three things you write them down and then even just i don't know i can't describe it but yeah. if you've never actually written it down yeah. if you've just listened to this idea before of like gratitude's really powerful yeah. i get it please this week write it down yeah it is and then what i really love to do is if i do have a low mood or sometimes i just sit and i go back through the month and i look at all the things that i've been grateful for and i think oh god isn't life good and as i said it's not it's not always about work professional like things that you've done that you're proud of it's it can be the smallest of things like oh my god when you know when you make a scrambled egg and it goes perfect it's things yes. like it's those little yeah. things that make you go oh that was that was good and makes makes me happy like I, I love doing it it's my favorite most of them though it's really funny when you go from like cuddles with my nephew cuddles with my nephew cuddles with my nephew yeah. all the time oh yeah. i love that Okay, and so before I ask you my closing question, yeah. Lauren, can you tell us where people can find you online if they want to follow and support and where they can get the teas? Oh, yes. So you can find me in two places on Instagram. So you can find me at I am Lauren Marn, and that's L-A-U-R-E-N-M-A-H-O-N, or at Girl vs Cancer on Instagram, and also at girlvscancer.co.uk, and that's where you can also find the teas. Amazing. Thank you so much. So my closing question, which I do ask to every guest, Mm. we've talked about this a lot. I really, really do value Mm. time. And Mm. as we've discussed, it's so important to make the most of Mm. it. So what is the most valuable thing that time has taught you? Basically, not to waste it. And I don't mean that in a really airy-fairy way. I mean that, like, the time is now. Like, I think people... I've used this line a couple of times now, and it's actually going to form the basis of a talk I'm doing in the summer. But... We, this is not a dress rehearsal. You cannot wait to learn your lines. I think we all wait for a perfect time to do certain things. It Do something now. If there's something you really want to do, if it's a holiday you really want to go on, start investigating tickets. You ain't got to do it right away, but look into it. If there's a job that you're interested in, start researching what that looks like. If there's a boy you fancy you want to ask out for a drink, think of how you would make that happen. Like, 
waiting for the right time is wasting those moments because I think we think our life is future and our life is actually the tiny little things that are happening right now. It's all these little moments. So it's making those little moments mean something as much as you possibly can. That's what time is to me. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. You're amazing. And I really hope you enjoyed listening to that episode. If you did, please let us know. Get in touch. Let us know what you're writing down maybe on your gratitude list this week. And um, yeah, share the show as well if you think someone else would value from hearing Lauren today. Thank you so much. Don't forget you can rate and review and subscribe and all those good things. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks. Thanks, Lauren. Bye. See ya. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.